comfortable. Listen, today we begin a new series, Frequency. Why don't we all just say that word together? One, two, three, Frequency. I don't know what comes to your mind when you hear the word frequency, but I am immediately taken back now, goodness, 16 years, 17 years roughly, to uh, freshman year high school. How many of you remember your freshman year of high school? All right, all right. I'm not going to ask what memories come to mind, but all right, y'all, y'all endured it. You made it through. Well, I, re- I remember I was new to Seymour, Indiana, about an hour north of here, and I had one friend at the start of that year. His name was Sam, and Sam had a CB radio, somebody. And uh, you've got to keep in mind, for the younger generation, this is before iPhones, this is before iPads. This is before, wait for it, streaming digital television. All right? And uh, Sam and I both came um, uh, from, from good families, if you will. We thank God for them. But Sam got blessed with a CB radio. And I remember uh, when we were bored, we would turn that on. And uh, how many of you know? When you tune in on a CB radio with a bunch of truckers, you go from bored to entertained very quickly. All right? And so I remember it was, it was downstairs. He had one of those basement bedrooms down there. They had a living room down there and all that. But we'd go into his room, and he would, here's what he'd have to do. He'd dial it in. And we would hear the frequency coming over the radio. And sometimes our faces were like, We uh, thankfully heard trucker talk at the time, but we didn't practice it, somebody, all right? And I, I, I remember, though, sometimes we'd, we'd dial it in, we'd hear something, and it'd be fascinating, entertaining for a while. Then we'd flip through, and it would just be, it'd just be static. You couldn't hear a thing. That's what I think about when I think about frequency. I think about dialing in, tuning in, and my hope, my prayer, is that through this series, I can be of some assistance. I can help pastor and equip you. My end game is hopefully to help you dial in to the frequency of God. You may be here thinking God speaks. Well, on your end, you may be thinking what's required is a CB radio. <laughs> you, may, you may be thinking there's some special equipment you need to have. But let me, let me just clear the air. Let me just let you say something. More importantly than anything we practice is a heart posture that is willing to believe that God is speaking and that God actually desires to speak to you. You may have grown up in a church culture. You may find yourself here today coming from a church or coming with some theological doctrinal mindset that God's done speaking. We believe the exact opposite. We believe God has never stopped speaking. And we believe, yes, 100%. God speaks through the scripture. We'll talk about that in coming weeks. But we also believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you where you are with what you're walking through. That when you're facing a difficulty or a circumstance or when you're riding high on the mountaintop of life, that it's possible to push pause and to get still, to be quiet and actually hear God's word in and over your life. If you think about it, you've probably heard this before. It's called relationship. How many of you have ever been in a relationship where the silent treatment 
gets played. Yeah? How fun is that? How many of you good at it? Don't raise your hand, okay? You've practiced a little bit, okay? You're like, well, I'll show you. I talk too much. I can't do the silent treatment. It's a problem. <laughs> but I, but I, I want to say, listen, people have that approach to God. Let, let me just be honest. They think because of something they've done, they think of something in their past, or they think about, you know, when they come, <laughs> you know, come to church or come before God, he wants nothing to do them do with them. Let me tell you, nothing could be farther from the truth. In fact, I believe that the enemy of your soul wants you to have that sort of mindset. That God wants to overlook you. Sometimes I know what it's like to be in a room, you know, and you're looking around, you're like, man, God's speaking to everybody but me. What's, what's the trick? What's the magic? Is it that coffee crossing gift card? You know, what, 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 what can I do? What can I say? And I, I, I want to speak into that in this series. That you can, I believe, that maybe even after today, but maybe in the coming weeks, you will hear, you will learn, you will grow. And at the very least, your posture will begin to think, wow, God may be speaking to me. God may be talking to me. In fact, it happened. It was a little fun. I call these God winks. If you're new to Hillside, I bring these up every once in a while. We experience God winks along the way of life. And I remember, I remember because it was just last week. This Tuesday, Kelly and I were on a little getaway. I was over, guys, I was over in the far country, Louisville. And I was at one of my favorite bookstores in Louisville. And I was, I kind of zeroed in. I knew we wanted to talk about this series frequency. And I do what I always do at that bookstore. I go to look up one of, or two or three of my favorite authors. I go straight to their last name. I look through. Did they get anything new or not? And uh, typically that can be a five-minute visit or it could be a 30-minute visit depending on what's available. Well, this past week it was fun. I was just kind of zeroing in. I was about 99.9% sure I was going to talk on frequency, listening and hearing God's voice. Well, my favorite author had two books available. One is a classic and I had already read it. The second I didn't have. And I took a photo of it, just for fun. It's called Hearing God, Developing a Conversational Relationship with God. So I'm reading that through as well right now. And that may mean nothing to you, but it meant everything to me. It's just these fun, little, subtle ways that God steps into our life, sends somebody across our path, whispers something to us in the quiet spaces. And we don't know how to maybe totally quantify it. It's a bit of a mystery. But we know that we were marked, that we were changed, that a decision that seemed foggy and cloudy the day before, the next morning, we have clarity and confidence. Well, what's the difference? We heard God speak. We heard him talk. We zeroed in and got a word over our life. Sometimes we feel that on the inside. Other times, no kidding, it's opening scripture. Sometimes I do not, I'm not a fan, please don't think this is me equipping you to read the Bible. But sometimes people have done this. You ever done this? God, I need a word. You don't need that word. But there's a, there's a way. There's a, there's a way to do it. And I've seen, I'm, I'm not joking, I have seen powerful ministers of the Lord, powerful, powerful people just making the world a difference. And they share how they came to Christ or how God spoke. And it's that, like the oldest trick in the book. They open their Bible, put their finger down. I'm like, 
and that never worked for me, okay? But I want to tell you, God's speaking. God wants you to zero in. He wants to dial in. He is speaking to us. Listen, you don't have to live confused. You don't have to live in unrest. You don't have to live anxious or tired or exhausted. Yes, we all have those moments. But more often than not, God's wanting to speak to us. Sometimes he wants to give us the exact directions to get out of that situation. Other times he wants to speak something into the situation that can transform our perspective. They're going to bring up, let's bring up a few reasons we can find biblically why God speaks. This may help you out. This may bring some clarity. Why God speaks. First, comforts. First, God, God can sometimes bring a word of comfort in the midst of conflict and deep pain and disappointment. Sometimes he's bringing counsel. We see that all throughout the scripture. In fact, Jesus would say that the Holy Spirit will come and he will be a comforter and a counselor. Actual advice to lead us through with his truth. Another is direction. Sometimes God's just giving us direction. Other times he's giving us a warning. Come on, you ever felt a warning from God? Stepped into a place, stepped into a situation, and you just felt a warning. <laughs> we used to call that in, in my circles, in my past, we used to call that a check in my spirit. You say, man, I just got a check in my spirit. You know, but I found that to be a convenient God card. You know, if we're like going to eat at the wrong place, I was just like, mom, I got a check in my spirit. I don't think we need to do Taco Bell today. I think we need to do Golden Corral, baby. No, but it is important. Sometimes God's giving us a warning. Sometimes, very often, I know this to be true, God convicts us. God convicts us. Can I tell you, that's a good thing in our life. He's wanting us to steer clear of sin cycles. He's wanting to draw us back from a road that leads to destruction. And he's speaking to us, and he's convicting us, wanting to change our ways. Other ways, it's just simple. He's just sharing some good news. He's just trying to get through to us. The best news that Jesus is the life, death, and resurrection changes everything, and it gives us life. Sometimes that's what he's getting across. Other times, the first book of the Bible, some of the first verses of the Bible, we hear when God speaks, he's creating. Can I tell you, God's not done creating in and through your life. He breathes life. He, he brings dreams that maybe we thought of a long time ago, but because of life, man, it just broke down or we gave up or we quit. We, here at Hillside, we've seen many times God resurrect dreams, breathe new life into people. They thought they were done, man. They thought they were washed up, God wanting nothing to do with them. And then something somebody said or something God spoke to them, whether through song or through the message, all of a sudden, they're getting that step back in their life. There's no other way to say it, but they dialed into the frequency of God and his voice. Other ways, God heals. We see when he gave the word. We see that through the gospels. A healing occurred. We believe that can still happen and does happen. And then lastly, I see that God communicates his love towards us in a personal way. Can I tell you if there's one prayer I have uh, for every generation, but especially for this next generation. If there's one prayer I have for my daughters that are 10 and Six, one prayer. Listen, they get a lot of God's word. They have a pastor in their life, okay? That's also their dad. We read Bible stories like every night. 
And then my six-year-old's like, if we skip a night, she's like, Dad, you know we got to do two tomorrow. I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> Accountable. But can I tell you, if there's one prayer I have for them, it's not that they know more about God, but they learn to hear his voice that communicates his love towards them. Because I've found, I've pastored, I've helped lead people. Sometimes I bring counsel to people's lives. It's a great privilege and honor that I have. And I can pick up pretty quickly the level of relationship going on. Not the level in a striving sense. Not the level in a climbing a ladder to God sense. No, but the level of relationship. That people have taken time to discipline their mind and their heart to hear the voice of the Lord. Gospel of John. Jesus says something very, very profound. In John chapter 10, he's talking at this time to predominantly Jews, the Israelites, God's holy people. But he's giving a bit of a vision for his own life and for his ministry as well. And in John 10, 3 through 5, it says this. You can read along with me. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep, that's us, listen to his voice. That's Jesus. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he is brought out All his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because why? They know his voice. They'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Here's what's profound. It's actually not explained in your gospel reading, but it's a knowledge that the audience at the time would have been aware of. It's the power of the shepherd's voice. To this day, I've been to Israel. I've not seen what I'm about to describe play out. But I have seen shepherds with flocks walking the hillsides. And one of the things you know that sheep need, we all need it, is water. And so watering holes are typically very popular at specific times during the day and certainly during throughout the week. And these shepherds, if they're good, right, they want to sustain their flock's life. So they lead them to the water. At any given time, in any given day, there's not just one flock at a watering hole or at a lake or at a pond. No, there's several different flocks. Here's what's crazy. They're all intermingled. And the sheep, or excuse me, the shepherd doesn't say, hey, you, 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 let's go. They've got like a call that's distinct for their flock. That when they're all intermingled, all together at the pond, <laughs> may come across the waters. And the flock are like, they're drinking their water, and then they're like, time to go. And they leave. It still happens today. And all of the audience knew this. And here's what, here's what he's saying. Listen, you're going to have lots of voices in your life. You're going to have lots of distractions. You're going to have lots of different people pining for your time or wanting to speak in. But, but the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And so my prayer is through this series, you can begin to cultivate that relational, conversational relationship with God. And that it takes practice. Hear me loud and clear. It takes practice to discern which Shepherd (laughs) is calling you by name, and which is a stranger. 
just trying to get you distracted, trying to get you off the road, trying to get you off the path. I want to end with a few remaining moments and a few thoughts with a story out of Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42. It's, a, it's become a famous story in my life and maybe for some of your life as well. It's a pretty pivotal chapter in one of our discipleship classes called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And it is a story from the life of two ladies, two sisters named Martha and Mary. It's Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. In that passage, we see, obviously, two women with two completely different experiences when Jesus is in their home. Ed, I'll just ease all of the tension for us. We're both. All right? <clears throat> Our days, we need to be both. We need to be Martha, detail-oriented, goal-functioning, being on time, practicing, working, Fulfilling our responsibilities. But I can tell you, we live in a country and in a culture that applauds Martha. That fixate on Martha. Martha can grow things. Martha can make things happen. We need that side in our lives. But equally so, maybe even more so. We need who and what Mary represents. To sit at the feet of Jesus. To listen to his words, to hear his spirit and walk in his ways. In fact, I know this to be too true as a pastor, that sometimes myself can be so consumed what needs to be done, what we need to do. And even recently, the Lord's been reminding me, Paul, there's no substitute for time in my presence. Paul, there's no substitute, no matter what book you read, no matter what goals you set, no matter what vision you have. All of those important, all of those vital. But he said, you can't substitute that for living an attentive life with me and towards me. And so I have here very quickly, Martha represents what I call a distracted life. Mary represents an attentive toward Christ life. Don't see this. Don't be misguided and see one in sin and one not in sin. No, 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 no. Martha was well loved. Lazarus was their brother. Come on. Jesus is going to raise your brother from the dead. He loves you. <laughs> he cares about you. 
But I love this story and what it speaks to our soul that distractions happen. They're part of our life, but God calls for us not to live distracted, but to live attentive to who He is and His Word over our life. And in case you happen to think maybe you're not distracted here this morning, I just want to rub salt in that wound, okay? I'm just kidding. Sort of kidding. <laughs> I have the three E's, not the three D's, not the three D's, the three E's of distractions. I was convicted uh, by these this week. I have emergencies, events, entertainment. Three E's. I don't know about your, but I can certainly say my distracted life. Emergencies, come on, they're important. <laughs> don't neglect an emergency. But how many of you know that sometimes those moments we can fixate and it can give all of our attention, all of our life, all of our conversation, all of our emotional equity into an emergency? And sometimes there's seasons that that's needed. But I've noticed that even in my own life, man, I can go from emergency to emergency to emergency to emergency. And then thankfully, my wife knocks it out of me. Hey, wake up. Life is not an emergency. Be at peace. Is that an option? It's an option. I know I've experienced that. Emergencies, sometimes in the day, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves giving all of our attention over to circumstances. That's needed. But can I tell you, equally as important, spending time with God. Spending time in His presence. Learning to hear His voice. Second thing for me is events. How many of you know schedules happen? How many of you know margin in your life is vital? I'm just going to say it and pray you come back next week. We're overscheduled. Perhaps the biggest obstacle to you hearing God's voice is your calendar. You're trying to Take God on the drive-thru. I've lived that way. It gets very difficult to hear him. I live that way. I don't know if you've ever found yourself, your schedule's so overloaded, your nerves are so shot, you feel like you're about to cry in every moment. I remember, can I share? Let's just be transparent. And like I said, pray you come back next week. I remember, Ke Kelly and I, in an overextended time, we, I say we, that's what all husbands do. Kelly was pregnant with our second daughter, Emma was coming down the line. We just planted a church. And man, it seemed like in my mind everything was an emergency. And then to add insult to injury, I thought, oh, I'm productive if I have every hour blocked off for event, 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 event. And I'm an Enneagram 3, which is an achiever, so I smile like I'm a success if I'm busy, 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 busy. Anyhow, that aside, I knew I had a problem. When we go watch, you know, just a, just a, what is it called, a rom-com, some, some movie, and y'all, this, this is several years ago, there is a documentary movie coming out on um, some miners in Mexico who were trapped, and um, I remember, I got a problem, I'm over here, she's, she's smiling, eating the popcorn, I'm over here like, well, that's a powerful movie coming out, I was like, tears, in the documentary, I realized, maybe I'm a little overextended right now. <laughs> maybe, maybe my frequency is a little off. Listen, if you cry during documentaries, that's fine. That's no problem. But that moment for me, I was like, whew, 
I'm a little overextended. I'm a little distracted. The Lord had to reel it in. And that third one for me, I know this isn't you. I know this isn't our culture. I know. This doesn't apply to you, but I'll say it anyway. Entertainment. I don't know if y'all, are you familiar? Have you all ever heard of social media? Uh, uh, brands such as Facebook. I don't know if y'all, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Snapchat, TikTok. I don't know. They're, they're out there, and people like to use them. And um, I like to use them. And I can get distracted. That's a bit of my entertainment, but I'm not careful. Have you ever noticed how five minutes on Facebook can become five hours? Not for you, and not for me, but for other people, right? They just, just distract. I want to encourage you. We have things on the plate. It's going to take some great intentionality. For some of you, it's going to take a, it's going to have to be like a move of God. But I want to let you know, it's possible. It's worth it to lean into that merry lifestyle, to despite the emergencies of life, despite the events of life, despite the entertainment of life, all good things, all I affirm, every one of those, they're vitally important. In some ways, they're the stuff of life. They need our, our energy and our resources and our responsibility. But even more than that, I want you to hear Jesus and what he said to Mary. What did he say? You are distracted, Martha. One thing is needed. Incredible. One thing is needed, and Mary has chosen what is better. Man, our prayer, my prayer, is that over these weeks, you will become someone who begins to value the voice of God, who begins to lean in to his word in and over of your life. Some of you, it's been a dry season. You need to hear the promise of God in and over your life. You need to hear what is he saying about your future? What does he promise about your relationships, about your family? Things may be tough. Areas of your life may be tight. It's incredibly important that we dial into the frequency of heaven and hear his voice. Hear. Most of it's in here. Hear his word in and over our life. I end with two scriptures. Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Mark 1.35, we see a practice of Jesus. It had been a good day, been a great day. Lots of miracles, lots of healing, people being delivered of demons. I mean, it was a big day for Jesus. The next morning, very early, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Wonderful moment. God meeting with his father. John would account that Jesus only did what he heard the father saying. He only did what he saw the father doing. Can I let you know it's not just for Jesus. It's an invitation for each and every one of our lives. That believe it or not, every decision you can actually have clarity from heaven. That in the midst of 
deep pain and hurt, you can have a comforting word from the Holy Spirit that here's the deal, it doesn't fix everything. It's a mystery. But it lands on the deepest places of our heart and it can sustain us through difficult seasons of life. It's a beautiful relationship that God invites us into. So I want to encourage you this week and say, what, what can I do? You can take 10 minutes a day. Sit in silence. Sit up so you don't fall asleep. And I'm going to teach you a quick prayer. You can, you'll memorize it in this moment. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I dare you. You're, some of your first-time guests are like, really? That's it? That's it. That is it. This next week, 10 minutes, I don't care when or where. Get alone by yourself. Simple phrase, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. You may not hear anything, and that's great. You may not sense anything. He may bring a word to your mind. may bring a verse to your mind. Begin to meditate it. Begin to give attention towards it. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to begin taking that frequency dial and dial in. And we're going to practice that. And here's what's going to happen. Over the coming weeks, you're going to see. You're going to walk with greater confidence. You're going to walk with greater peace. You're going to walk with greater clarity. But more than any of that, you're going to walk with joy because you know God's presence and you've practiced hearing his voice. Let's pray.